0: This morning, I want to preach on something I'm excited about. And I want you to go to Psalm 37, Psalm 37, verse number 23. And listen, listen to the words of the Lord today. Psalms 37, verse 23. I'm going to preach a sermon called, You Can't Keep a Good Man Down. Everybody shout, you can't keep a good man down. Was there a song written years ago about that? What year was that written? Does anybody know? In the 70s, before I was born. Psalms 37, verse 23. If you're there, say, I'm there. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he falls, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken and God's seed begging for bread. You can't keep a good man down. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. We pray that it would go forth in power and boldness and that everything that's said and everything that's done would bring you the glory today. And everyone said amen. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Have you ever thought about it? What is a good man? What is a good man? The steps of a good man is ordered of the Lord. But what is a good man? C.S. Lewis, that 20th century author and theologian said, education without values... As useful as it is, makes people nothing more than a clever devil. I think I would agree with him. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, he said, intelligence plus character, that is the true goal of education. In his book, Uh, Disturbed by Man, there was a former president of Morehouse College his name was Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays. He made this profound statement that I want to read to you today. He said, and I quote from his book, I am disturbed, I am uneasy about man, because we have no guarantee that when we train a man's mind, we will train his heart. No guarantee that when we increase a man's knowledge, we increase his goodness. There is no necessary correlation between knowledge and and goodness. Do you hear what the preacher is saying this today? C.S. Lewis said, if you have education without values, you could be a clever devil. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, if you have intelligence without character, it's not good. But if you have intelligence with character, that's the goal of education. Dr. Benjamin Elijah May said he's disturbed by man, because there's no guarantee that if you train a man's mind, that his heart will be good. And there's no guarantee that if you increase a man's knowledge in his mind, that the man will be good. You see, I think that the point is this, ladies and gentlemen, that just because you are head smart doesn't mean that you are heart-sweet. And just because you are head smart, doesn't make you heart sincere. Education's good. Education's great. It's wonderful. We promote it. But my, uh, what I'm trying to say is that education alone does not define a good man. It's education plus character. It's education plus values. It's education plus integrity. It's not education alone. What is a good Man. A good man is more than just somebody being smart. It's more than somebody just being clever or popular or smooth or somebody that's charismatic or somebody that's well mannered or somebody that's well known that's just not that's that's not a good person. A good person is more than that. A good person is is the essence of the person it is a holistic view of the person. It's not only your heart, it's your head, it's your hands, it's your feet. I I I want to know God. I want to experience God. I want to I want to serve God. I want to share God. It's holistic. It's just not about education. It's education plus character and education plus values and education plus integrity. Being a good person is more than just head knowledge. Are you all hearing what I'm saying today? A good person realizes that values will hold you together when the vices of life are trying to destroy you. A good person realizes that you're not necessarily perfect all the time, but you will continue to make progress. A good person realizes that sometimes I need to apologize because being at peace is better than being right. A good person realizes that you love things or you use things and you love people. You don't use people and love things. A good person realizes that money is a tool and not a God. A good person realizes that failure is not final. A good person realizes, ladies and gentlemen, that the fruit of the Spirit is more important than my gift. A good person realizes that my spiritual development is more important than me being discovered by leadership. A good person realizes that you don't sell your soul to a paycheck. For Jesus said, What profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? A good person realizes that when you step into an environment, your presence has the ability to change the atmosphere. And that when people leave your presence, let it be said that they are better because they were in your presence. A good person They may fall, they may mess up, but they don't let their failure define their self-worth because they realize that His power is made strong in their weaknesses. A good person realizes that my validation is not found on the likes on Facebook, but my validation is found in my identity in the Word of God. A good person realizes that they hold truth better than they hold to the trends of the world. They exalt holiness over hype. And they exalt priorities over preferences. Can I hear an amen? A good person has their mind aligned to the Word of God. Sometimes I believe that we
1: shout over trash. And we get silent over truth. You see, a good person is more than just head knowledge. A good person is more than just
0: being a smooth talker and well-mannered. A good person is who you are in essence. Your integrity, your values, your priorities, that's a good person. And the Bible tells us that the steps of a good person are ordered of the Lord. I don't know about you ladies and gentlemen, but I want to be that good person. Because the Bible says in Psalms 37 and verse number 23 that the good person, his steps are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he falls, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord will uphold him with his hand. But you've got
1: to be a good person. What is a good person? It's who you are. It's your
0: values, your priorities, your integrity. It's a holistic view of yourself. It's putting God number one and center in your life. You see, if you are a good person, there are some benefits. There's some benefits to you. If you are a good person, this scripture tells me there's three benefits that you have if you are a good person. Number one, the very first benefit that you have is that there is grace For every step. There's grace for every step. Now, did you see that? Verse number 23. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So if I'm a good person, the Bible tells me that my steps will be ordered of the Lord. In other words, there's grace for every step that I take. Now I want you to pay attention to this verse. The Bible did not say that the steps were predetermined. God does not predetermine your steps. God is not a master puppet in heaven where he somehow manipulates your steps so that somehow at the end of life he gets all the glory because God is this narcissist, egotistical God who desires the worship of the human race. That's not the God of the Bible. God is not controlling the steps of humanity. Your steps are not pre-ordered of God. They're not predetermined. They're not predestined. You've got to take the steps. The Bible says, "The steps of a good man." In other words, you take the steps. You are responsible of your own steps. They're not pre-ordered of God. They're not predetermined of God. You have a choice in life, ladies and gentlemen. You have a choice. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 20, Jesus said this to the church. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I'm not going to knock the door down. You're going to have to open the door. In other words, life is not predetermined. God does not predetermine your life. Jesus said, you've got to open the door. There's a part for you to play. I'm knocking, but you've got to open the door. God's not going to do it. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 11 and 28, Jesus said, come to me all you that labor and of a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, if you want rest, you've got to come. If you want rest, you've got to come. Jesus is not going to do it for you. You've got to come. So this is what I'm trying to say. Is that your steps are not predetermined of the Lord. You're responsible for your own steps. You're responsible for your own life. You're responsible for your own decisions. Now there could have been things that happened in your life that's unfortunate. There could be things that happen in your life that are devastating. There are forces at work. We understand that. But you are... Basically responsible for every decision and every step that you take the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number nine Proverbs chapter 16 verse number nine. The Bible says a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In other words, you plan the path that you want to go. There are some people that will spend three years praying about what school to go to. God's not going to come down and tell you what school to go to. You go ahead and plan the path and God will direct you as you plan your own path. We spend a whole lot of time fretting and worrying about stuff when you just go ahead and need to get busy with your life and go ahead and get busy with what God has already told you to do. You need to go ahead and take the step. Go ahead and walk in the direction. Go ahead and plan your way. And as you plan your way, the Holy Spirit will help you as you plan the way. But you've got to take the first step. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, verse 31... Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs 21 and verse 31. Listen to this. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Do you know what the writer here is saying here? You've got to prepare. You've got to plan. You've got to prepare for battle. You've got to get your strategy. You've got to get things in order. You go ahead and prepare, but the outcome is belongs to the Lord deliverance belongs to the Lord you say well pastor I've prayed and nothing's happening I have fasted and nothing's happening I've given and nothing's happening as a matter of fact it seems like it's getting worse I've done all that I've known to do well guess what that's all you're required to do you just go ahead and do what you know to do you do the natural and you let him do the super and the super will be connected to the natural and you'll get a supernatural breakthrough but you've got to do your part Can I hear an amen? You prepare. I never one time prayed, Lord, do you want me to go to seminary? Do you want me to go to school? No, I I wanted to go to school. I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. I went to school. The Lord provided for me. It wasn't against His will. It wasn't against Scripture. So if it's not against Scripture and it's not against the prompting of the Holy Spirit, then go ahead and prepare your path. Go ahead and prepare the way. Go ahead and walk in it. The horse is prepared. Prepare it. But the end belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what the Bible says? The good man, his steps are ordered of the Lord. I know I'm trying real hard not to shout and get happy. I want to act real dignified like a Methodist preacher, and I love Methodist preachers, but I just want to be real dignified. But every once in a while, it gets on top of me, and I just want to throw my head back, raise my hands up, and shout hallelujah. Is there anybody in the building that wants to say hallelujah this morning? The Bible says that the good man, his steps, Psalms 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered, ordered. The word, now get this, the word ordered here is the word established or or it's this, make stable when rocking. So, the Lord is saying here that if you are a good man and you go ahead and take your steps, even if you stumble and even if you take the wrong step, Don't worry about it. Since you're a good man, I'll make sure you're stable in the midst of your struggle. I'll make sure I stabilize you even when you make the wrong step. Sometimes we are afraid. Sometimes we fret in making the wrong step, going in the wrong direction. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this preacher. You will waste a lot of years in your life if you just sit around praying about doing something. You need to get up off of that church pew and get busy and do what's in your heart and take the step. And even if you make a wrong step, you're a good man you're a good woman he will come along by the power of the Holy Spirit and he will stabilize your steps even when you stumble even when you have a two step <laughs> you're like I'm going in the wrong direction the Lord will order he will establish he will uphold you that's what the word ordered means I don't know about you, but I know there's at least 50 people in this building that would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I have prepared my heart. I'm taking the steps. But there's been times in my journey that I've taken the wrong step. But I can look back and I can see how God has still even directed my steps. Even when they were wrong steps, He knew how to direct them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even when I take the wrong step or a back step, He will still stabilize me. He will still establish me. It's no wonder the writer said in Proverbs 3.25 the writer said in Proverbs 3.25 he said do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. Proverbs 3.25 go to the next verse. Amen. That's not the scripture I wanted but that sounds real good right there. And some, I like that scripture. <laughs> ah, you know what? Sometimes I can't even read my own writing when I'm writing my sermon, but that's all right. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 25. Proverbs 3 and 25. I want you to see it. Proverbs 3, 25. Can you put it up there? Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor trouble when the wicked comes. Go to the next verse. For the Lord will be your confidence. There it is. And he will keep your foot from being. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. If you're a righteous man, if you are an upright person, if you're a good person, go ahead and take the steps, baby. Because even if you make the wrong step, he will make sure your foot is not caught. The Bible says in Psalm 25, verse 15, Psalm 25, verse 15, listen to the writer. He said, my eyes are ever towards the Lord, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. Is there anybody that can wave your hand and say, thank God He can pluck my feet out of the net. The Bible says in Psalm 94, verse 18, Psalm 94, verse 18, listen to the psalmist David when he said this. David said this, I love this scripture. He said, he said, If I say my foot slips, your mercy, oh Lord, will hold me. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in here that can get a little bit excited this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So even when I feel like my steps are unstable, I feel like maybe I'm not going in the right direction. He has the ability to stabilize Your steps. Bible says in Psalm 85 verse 12, get this, David said, yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Verse 13, he says it like this. Verse number 13,
1: he goes on. Verse number 13. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his shall did you see that he will make his footsteps
0: our pathway if if you have a pathway that means you've been walking that means you've decided to walk so when you decide to walk instead of just sitting around praying to do something get up and do something go ahead and go in that direction He says, I'm going to make my footsteps your pathway. The Bible says in Psalm 119, Psalm 119 and verse 133, He says, direct my steps by your word and let not iniquity have dominion over me. What are you saying, Pastor? I am saying this. If you are a good person, if you are a person who loves Jesus and you are saved, and you're trying to live right by values and principles and precepts, and your heart has put Him as number one in your life, and you're trying your very best, then if you take the steps in the direction of His Word, even if you mess up, the Scripture is clear that He will keep your foot from being caught. So in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I stretch my hands forth to this church and I break the spirit of fear off of your life. I break the spirit of fear off your marriage. I break the spirit of fear off of your job. I break the spirit of fear off of this community. I break the spirit of fear off of this church and I speak unto some dry bones. I hear the wind of the Lord beginning to blow upon some dry bones and there's a mighty army of God being arise in this church. There's a mighty army coming to alive in this church we're not afraid of the future For we're going to take the step and he's going to guide us and direct us in the future that we need to go hallelujah oh somebody shout hallelujah the bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the lord I'm telling you your steps are ordered if you're a good man lord should I should I buy this house should I not buy this house
1: Just pick a house you like. Take a step. He'll keep your foot from being caught. You say,
0: well, how how is that, Pastor? If you get a house and you're getting ready to sign the paper and the Holy Spirit makes you sick at your stomach, then he's saying, I'm watching your step, baby. This is not the house to get. (laughs) I'm watching your feet. You see, just go ahead and let the Holy Spirit prompt you, but go ahead and take the step and let the Lord lead you. The Bible says, the Bible says, the steps of a good man is order of the Lord, and he delights in his way. The word delight there is the Hebrew word lean. So when you lean upon God, He can trust you with your choices. When you lean upon God, He can trust you with your choices. But your choices will not be made, your choices won't be right if you're not leaning on God. If you're absent yourself from church and not reading the Word and not having an intimate relationship with Christ so you can hear His voice, don't expect your steps to be ordered. I'm talking about a good person. I'm talking about a person who's upright and walking before God. He said that person... I'll make sure your foot doesn't get caught. So number one, what is the benefits of a good man? The benefits of a good man is there's grace for every step. He gives you grace to take the step. Number two,
1: there's a grip in every stumble. There's a grip in every stumble.
0: Look at it. He says, verse 24. Now, this is awesome. Verse 24, he says, Though he may fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord will uphold him with his hand. Huh. You know what the Lord is saying? If you're a good person, your steps, you'll have grace in every step, and I'll uphold you in your steps. But he says, If you fall, you shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. In other words, there's a grip in every stumble. In other words, he's saying that as you're walking and you're taking the steps and you fall and you stumble, if you're a good man, don't worry about it. For the Lord... Will grab your grip. He'll grip you so that you don't fall. <laughs> you know, the Message Bible says it like this. Star Wars walks in the step with God. His path blazed by God. He's happy. If he stumbles, he's not down for long. God has a grip on his hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I found out that the Hebrew word, when you you study this, utterly cast down, the Hebrew connotation of that is he is cast down temporarily,
1: not permanently. Did y'all hear what Pastor Joshua said?
0: The person that's a good man If he stumbles, he's not utterly cast down. Look at it. Psalm 36, verse number 24. Psalm 37, excuse me. Psalms 37, verse 24. Though he falls, though he falls, he shall not utterly be cast down. The Hebrew word picture here is you're cast down temporarily but not permanently. So in other words, if you're a good man and you're taking the steps and even if you do fall, the writer here is painting the picture that your fall is only temporary, not permanent. It's the same word picture in the New Testament that Jesus actually fell and was put in the grave but it was temporarily. It wasn't permanent because his steps, he was a good man because on the third day, oh my God, the Lord got a grip of Jesus and pulled him out of the grave because he's a good man. I'm telling you that if you're a good man, even if you do mess up, even if you do fall, ladies and gentlemen, it's not permanent. It is only temporary because he has a grip on your hand. Hallelujah. It's not a permanent fall. It is a temporary fall. Proverbs 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For a righteous man, though he falls seven times, Grandma Beaver, he will rise again. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Though a righteous man falls seven times, Pastor David, he will rise again but the wicked shall fall away by calamity. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this, ladies and gentlemen, that if you do fall, if you're a good man, if you're a righteous person, if you're a, 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 a person who loves God and a person who is following His principles and His precepts, that when you do mess up and when
1: you do fall, it is only temporary and not permanent. Hallelujah. If you stay down permanently, then I've got to question whether you really had it in the beginning. It's a bunch of nonsense. Christians backsliding. I believe you can do it, but it's nonsense.
0: When there's Christians overseas, being their their heads being cut off and worshiping underground for the sake of persecution... And we're, we're backsliding in America because our feelings got hurt and the pastor didn't do what I wanted him to do and service is too long and I don't want to stay. You know how selfish and babyfied the American church has become? It's almost sickening. The church of Jesus Christ wasn't here to send to paper your needs. The church of Jesus Christ has called you to grow. It's calling people to grow up. And if we don't like that message, maybe it's something the Lord wants to do in our life. But the Lord really wants us to grow up and not to be pampered over everything. The whole church should have just stood to their feet and clapped their hands and said, I I thank God somebody said it.
1: There's a grip on every stumble. Number three, and in closing, there's goodness in every season. (laughs) What's the benefits of a good man? There's grace in every step, there's a grip on every stumble.
0: But there's goodness in every season. How do I know that? David said, David said in verse 25, Psalm 37,
1: verse 25, he said, I've been young. I'm old now. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. You know what David's saying? I've, I'm old. My hands are calloused. A few wrinkles in my face. And I sit back and I've observed my life. And as I look back on my life, I can declare that God has always been good to me He's been good to
0: my kids. Now I know some of you young folks, you haven't lived long enough to shout there. But I got Grandma Beaver in the back right there crying with her hands raised. You know why her hands are raised back there? Because for 89 years, she can look back on her life. You see Sister Raylene with her hands lifted? Those older saints can look back on their life and say, I was young, but now I'm old. And I look back on my life and I testify with Pastor Josh that he's always been there in every step. He's always been there in every struggle. He's always been there in every heartache. There's goodness in every season of my life. There's goodness. Why? Why are we worrying about stuff? Jesus said, take no thought of tomorrow what you eat or what you drink. Jesus said, if I take care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, how much more important are you than they are? Why are you worrying? Because you'll look back on your life and say, why did, I, why did I make a big deal about it? Why did I fret about it? <laughs> I want everybody in this building, 60 years and above, I want you to stand your feet and give the Lord. It doesn't matter if people know who your age is. Come on. I want the 60 and above people to show the rest of these people how to praise God because you look back on your life. Come on, guys. If you know he's good to you. If you know God's been good, He's been good to your kids. He's been good to your job. Give Him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give God praise one more. Come on, one more time, give Him praise. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hold on. Now, I want all the younger people. You know, I I noticed the other day, I was 38 years old. I was like, oh my God. I had one of those oh my God moments. You ever had one of those oh my God moments? Come on, raise your hand. (laughs) I'm single, ready to mingle.
0: Looking for someone bilingual. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Everybody give me a high five right there. Now I want the rest of you. I want the rest of you to stand to your feet and I want you to begin to shout right now on the count of three because you know he's been good to you in the short years of your life. And I'm giving you all grace because some people think 50 years old is old but you know, I'm just, you know. On the count of three, one, two, three. Stop right there. Stand right there. You know why I separated the age group? Because the Lord spoke to me something. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11, if they can get it real quick. The Lord wants me to share, share something with you before we go home. Ezra 3, verse 11. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. They begin to sing. praises and not given thanks to God. This is the children of Israel. They begin to sing, for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever towards Israel. They All the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, they're rebuilding the temple is what's happening. They're rebuilding it. Verse 12, But many of the priests and Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice, When the foundation of the temple was laid before their eyes, yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout, of the joy of the noise of the weeping of the people, for the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. Hold on. You know what happened? They were building the temple, and all the older people stood in the temple, and they cried. Why were they crying, Grandma Beaver? Because they're old. They're older. And they look back on their life. And they remember what God did in the first temple. And how God showed up and the glory came. Grandma Beaver told me and Sister of stories of the old church where they were in church to 10, 11 o'clock with Brother Dilts, And we have some of their family here. And how they would shout and Worship God and have not just a couple day revival, but 21 days of revival. And the glory would show up and people would weep and cry. And we have brother and sister, uh, we have Dennis and Joyce over here. who led worship there. They can testify. Weeks and weeks of revival went on because the glory of the Lord showed up in the building. Hallelujah. I want to let y'all know that we're not in that building any longer, but we're still the same church. And we got some of the old people that used to be a part of that building and they're in church this morning. They're crying this morning with their hands lifted because even though it's a different location, a different time period, a different year. Grandma Beaver and Sister Raylene is going to see it again like they saw it in days of old. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody better help this preacher preach. I said they're going to see it again. And the old people's going to cry. And the young people's going to shout. And there's going to be so much shouting in the camp that we're not going to be able to discern who's shouting and who's crying. Hallelujah. I prophesy the glory of God. I prophesy the power of God. prophesy souls. I'm telling you, there's coming a day that the curtains are coming down and the balcony will be filled, but not with just people, but with the presence of the Almighty God. David said, I, I was young at one time. I'm old now. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed ever begging for bread. I'm telling you, if you'll serve God with everything you got, some of you are wondering why there's so much hell in your life, why things ain't working out. Listen to this preacher. You've got to get your steps back in line with the Word of God. You say, well, pastor, I've stumbled a little bit. That's all right. There's a grip in your stumble. Today, I, I'm getting my feet back on course, getting my life back on course. It ain't worth it going down my own road
1: Hallelujah. Well, God is good, isn't He? See, God is good, isn't He?